0: Welcome to this very special episode of the Players' Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, an author, a former Cavan GA player, and now a performance and well-being coach with sports and business leaders around the world. 2022 has been an incredible year for the Players' Voice podcast. Our 20 episodes were streamed all over the world and many of those conversations have been featured on Ireland's biggest print, radio and media platforms. During each conversation, we took you inside the minds of some of Ireland's most inspiring athletes and role models, and we've covered some very important topics. We've talked about things like addiction, leadership, sexuality, resilience, entrepreneurship, sport life balance, eating disorders, retirement, identity, and much, much more. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say a big thank you to each and every player who has shared their stories, insights and experiences so openly and honestly for our listeners. I'm privileged to know that these conversations have already helped others and to help people get through challenging times and to reach out for help. It is my absolute pleasure to reveal that the player's voice will be returning in 2023. But before we look forward to next year, I wanted to take this opportunity to take a breath, reflect and revisit some of the best bits from our conversations in 2022. So please, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this bonus episode of the Player's Voice podcast. In my very first episode as host of the Player's Voice podcast, I sat down with the CEO of the Gaelic Players Association, Tom Parsons. A warrior on and off the field for Mayo, he spoke about how the many challenges he faced during his playing career helped to make him a more resilient person and a better leader in his day-to-day life. Here's Tom telling us about how proud he is to lead the Gaelic Players Association and how passionate he is about improving the life of players on and off the field.
1: I'm not an All-Ireland winner. You know, I don't have all-stars on my shelf. You know, I'm not the most talented clear that played the game um you know I've been you know I've played in all-Irelands I've lost all-Irelands I've been released I've been dropped I've been injured I think for our for our membership I I, I can relate with empathy and connection and compassion to the experiences that they're experiencing because I've experienced them firsthand um and if I can help if I can alleviate you know any challenges or 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 pain or um you know um circumstances that people have in my role and in my skill set that I've developed professionally then it's um it's an absolutely amazing role to be in you know to be representing um 4000 intercounty players and I do believe in Ireland like as a country we're a very unique country globally and I believe what makes Ireland unique is are kind of in con- interconnected counties, communities, towns, and a, a, a lot of the heartbeat of that is Gaelic games, and um, and is our clubs and is our counties. And here we have like the best of our club players coming to represent their county, inspiring kids, um, and are like our you know very unique people in society that are amateur, uh, like they they need. You know, a body that represents their voice, that protects their interests, that helps them develop as as people, that protects their welfare, and that's exactly what the GPA um, is and does. During the
0: 2022 season, intercounty players continued to push the game to new heights. They consistently entertained us with their athleticism, character, and abilities. And while there's no doubt that intercounty players enjoy the pursuit of excellence. And the opportunity to chase their dreams, the search for sport life balance continues to challenge many intercounty players all over the country. Off the field, the demands of Gaelic games at the highest level continue to evolve and players must juggle the physical, mental, emotional, financial and time demands of the game. The Gaelic Players Association responded by launching the BIO 360 program, a player development service that supports players in four key areas, well-being, life skills, dual career and transitions. It's been an incredible success with football, hurling and camogie players from every county in Ireland benefiting from world-class supports. We talked to players from every province on the player's voice and they shared their experiences, successes and struggles in each of those four areas. Let's have a listen back to some of the well-being challenges facing players in the modern game. Intercounty players have not been immune to the rise of problem gambling in Irish society. Conkel Patrick, an all-Ireland winning midfielder with Tyrone, opened up in great detail about his gambling addiction on the player's voice. He talked about the web of lies he spun to hide his secret, the ups and downs of recovery, bouncing back from relapse and repairing damaged relationships with family and friends. His chat was a powerful listen full of honesty, insight and courage and it has already helped so many people in communities. Rather than listen to me describe it in more detail, Please have a listen to Con here in his own words. It
2: just obviously took a hold of me, and I was in most days I was probably gambling what I had, that begged, borrowed, and stole. Like I've, I've done everything under the book to to get ways and means of gambling. Um, and then it, it was a big part of my life, obviously, and and I was quite secretive, but then it, it all came out in, in 2018 Um, i just borrowed that much money off people and wasn't paying back that it all caught up with me Um, and people probably had their suspicions it's a massive weight life because you have to remember who you've told what to and you have to remember in the way that you've told them and it's just it obviously gets out of control because you're not just telling one or two or three people different things maybe be telling 20 or 30 people di- different things and and then they obviously talk
0: to each other as well and It's just mayhem, to be honest. The other player we heard from regarding gambling addiction was Offaly legend Niall McNamee. Niall has been one of the most dangerous and consistent forwards in Gaelic football since making his Offaly debut back in 2003. During our chat, he opened up about life and recovery, and he talked to us about how he has maintained his well-being since his last bet almost 11 years ago. Niall has been an incredible well-being ambassador for Gaelic games over the years, and he has spent countless time in schools, teams, and companies all over Ireland. He now runs his own sports brand called Twelves, who sells sportswear to people and teams around the world. It's inspiring to see an authentic leader like Niall continue to make time to help other people in difficulty and to fight against the rise of problem gambling in
3: sport and wider Irish society. I remember going to my first Gambler's Anonymous meeting and there was a guy just basically telling my story through, out of his mouth. Um, it like was the exact same and it was the first time I was ever at a meeting before in my life. Gamblers Anonymous was meeting and I uh, didn't know what to expect and I was just, I, I was so happy walking out the door knowing that I wasn't alone. I was so afraid up to that point thinking I was the only person in the world who had this problem because in my eyes, I didn't think anyone was as bad as me. So when I actually figure out, okay, there's other people that have done this, and there is a way out of it, and there is help, and there is support, um, like it was just incredible. And then obviously they've been a huge support to me over the years, and if I ever do get the urge to have a better, that compulsion arises in me, like they're only all a phone call away, or they're the next meeting away, that I can actually reach out to them, and you know, have a chat about it, and there's always a reason underneath it. So. Gambling is gambling and people see it as going into the money and placing the bet and it's a financial thing But there's always something deeper That's just been a huge body of learning for me over the last number of years i um, been very lucky in terms of the people that I've had around me um, Both family and people in recovery and obviously people that I met through going in for treatment um, Both counsellors and, and patients as well And uh, just got a great education around why I was gambling
0: It's so important to remember that underneath their county colors intercounty players are real people too and it goes without saying that it's not just gambling that impacts the well-being of intercounty players. Ashing Thompson was a key figure on the Cork Camogie team that won four All-Irelands in the last decade. And she also lifted the O'Duffy Cup as captain in 2015. As well as her many highs and lows on the field, Ashling has been open and honest in the past about her mental health challenges. During this conversation, Ashling provided so much insight into her experience with depression, anxiety and panic attacks. I would definitely recommend you going back to listen to our full chat. In this next clip, you'll hear from Ashling, and after that, you'll hear from Clare Shane Amore, who discussed the pros and cons of reaching the pinnacle of the game at such a young age, and then highlighted how Hurling helped him to deal with his anxiety.
2: Anytime I get a panic attack, and think I'm going to die of a heart attack. Like, It's just the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and like my hands would start sweating, but my just heart goes through the roof. Um, and then obviously I'd lose like like my chest. I wouldn't be able to breathe. My chest would close. So I think that's another thing too. It's like um, a claustrophobia kind of a feeling. So my, my windpipe would close and I feel like I can't breathe. And then I think, no, no, I'm actually dying. and I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> um, and then after it's crazy, it's like the adrenaline, then you start shaking, you go freezing. Eventually, it does die down, but it's more. I I usually make the call when I feel the sudden onset. So usually, it builds. It will always build. I don't just get it out of anywhere.
4: I'd be a very, um, I suppose, introverted type of person. Anyways, I don't. I know I battle through, or I'd I'd have bad kind of social anxiety and stuff like that too. So I kind of like being to myself and doing my own things. But hurling was always my escape. And when I went out there, it was just that was my happy place. And I always felt comfortable on the hurling field, like, and it was just where I just felt perfect, um, you know, happy in my my body and everything like that. And I didn't have any, you know, anxiety, anything like that. Like, it was just my happy place to be in.
0: Limerick goalkeeper Barry Hennessy also joined us on the podcast to describe his experience with an eating disorder. Since then, Barry has become an incredible advocate for eating disorders and has raised so much awareness in the last couple of weeks and months. We are so proud that he opened up on the player's voice. More recently, Barry actually announced his retirement from the Intercounty game after a long and distinguished career. So I wanted to take this opportunity to thank Barry for everything he did both on and off the field and wish him the very best of luck in the next chapter. Here he is, talking about how he dealt with an eating disorder and the importance
4: of reaching out for help. I would have myself in the morning. and then not weigh myself in the evening, but oh my god, after gaining five pounds, you know, um, and I suppose that's where the, the bout of bulimia started, really. Um, like, I can remember, um, I can remember my, even my birthday going out for a Chinese at the time, my family, um, and running up to the toilet to get sick after the starter, you know, put my fingers back in my throat, come back up to the toilet to, to get sick, like, you know, um, same thing after the main course. I remember coming home, weighing myself that evening to make sure I hadn't put on you know, um I hadn't put on weight, you know, or perceived weight or fat in my eyes, you know. So like that's and that's where kinda of started and it accelerated in from there where it was a it was a daily thing, like, you know, that it was it was morning, it was lunchtime, it was evening time. Um and it was just literally going down to the toilet, sticking your fingers back your throat and getting sick and just ending up in the way in scales and seeing where you're at um I suppose don't suffer alone, you know, and don't suffer in silence, like you know, it is it is an extremely hard topic to broach with someone. But, you know, my experience was definitely prolonged by by just me being stubborn, um, mm. and not and not wanting to admit either problem really. Um, and not seeking help, you know. So like you'd be so surprised. Like everyone has their own journey, everyone has their own problems, you know, like everyone's story is individual and unique to them. Um like there is people going through Worst situations, you know, and or people just going through situations in general, you know. So reach out to someone and speak to someone. One
0: of my favourite
4: conversations
0: this year was with Ashling Marr. Ashling is a respected leader on the Dublin Camogie team and a member of the GPA's LGBTQ plus working group. It was genuinely inspiring to hear from a player with such passion and care for others, and someone who's so determined to drive equality, diversity and inclusivity in both GA circles and in wider society. In this next clip, she talks to us about the importance of living an authentic life and her experience of coming out to family, friends and teammates. You'll also hear Ashing explain the simple things that we can all do to help create more compassionate and inclusive cultures in our day-to-day life.
5: I had um, not come out to myself for probably you know three or four years uh, I had previously been in, a, been in a straight relationship and, you know, been, been very happy in myself in that relationship. And then it was only kind of after that ended. Um, I had taken a year away from Dublin at the time I went and I went traveling. Um, and it was kind of when I was away from, from everybody and everything that this was something that I started to question myself and started to get my own head around. And it was when I came home then and got back to Dublin that you kind of realised that this is, okay, this is something now that I've accepted and come to terms with myself. But suddenly I have to tell friends and family and at that point I wasn't playing with Dublin because I'd been away but after coming out to friends and family I knew I wanted to go back into the Dublin setup and I wanted to play with them Um, and at that point I guess you know I knew look if I'm gonna go in I need to go back in and be authentically me I can't go in and and hide this part of myself from them so in going back into the team it was something that I'd accepted but not you know the last time I left I was straight and I was in a relationship with a guy and when I was going back in to play with them again um, i guess that was a change that i i knew i wanted to be honest and open about but even if you're accepting yourself it's it's still you probably make it a bigger deal near, nearly in your head wondering what other people might think or how they might react and um i guess that was something that i probably struggled more with before i told them than when i did you know um when i went in i was very fortunate the girls were were very understanding very supportive very accepting um you know, I, I said previously when, when we were talking about um, results, this kind of thing, you know, there's a lot of people who'll, who'll kind of look at you and go, well, why are you telling me? Or why why are you talking about this? I don't care. And in a lot of ways, that's that's the best reaction you can get. And that's that's where we want to be with all this stuff. We want to be at a point where, where nobody cares and nobody wants to talk about it. Um, but to get there, um, I think there's there's a little bit more to be done yet, you know. I don't think it's any secret that, you know, male kind of locker room locker room banter talk is uh, is is definitely something that could potentially feel homophobic or could feel exclusive exclusionary um if you were a gay guy playing in an inter-county team and i think that the part around education there is really important like we've seen from these survey results that across male and female playing uh, groups we have 99% support saying they would support a, a, a male a male or female gay teammates if they were to come out. So players want to be supportive or they, they want to you know be there for their teammates but maybe the education isn't there around the language that they're using or the jokes that they're making or you know the way that they're conducting themselves in a locker room. and. A lot of the time, I, I think that, you know, when we're seeing these results from the GPA, maybe we do have to give, to give benefit of the doubt to the players here as well. Maybe they don't realise what they're doing wrong. You know, I know from, from my own experience, and it's different, but, you know, I, I catch the girls sometimes using language that they shouldn't use or saying things they shouldn't use. And, you know, you'll make a half joke and comment at them and they'll go, oh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. And, you know, they don't. It's, it's just it's a cultural thing and it's a it's, it's a learned thing. We have to actively unlearn it. And, you know, it's really important um, that we educate against it. And again, you know, the GPA are doing great work in this area. They, they obviously run their their rookie camp every year for for new players joining senior intercounty panels. Um, and I spoke to a number of them going in this year about the importance of kind of being aware of LGBTQ plus players and, you know, the language we use and bringing our whole selves to, to training and, and this sort of stuff. And, you know, the, that's a step in the right direction. It's a start. Is it going to fix the problem? No, of course not. But the more we can have these conversations that you and I are having here and the more that we can be aware of it and the more that those of us who are in a position to do so can call out language when it's used in you know, an incorrect context, whether or not it's intentional, then the more of an inclusive environment we can create and the safer an environment we can create for for players who are in that position where they're you know a little bit conscious of somebody slagging something off calling it gay or whatever it might be you know there are minor changes that need to be made but if you're somebody who's feeling the effects they can make a huge difference you know um and i i, I do just think like the simple things of raising awareness of education of just being conscious of, of what you're doing and what you're saying and how you're conducting yourself and um, those things can really add up uh, in a a team environment and in a locker room environment.
0: Outside of well-being and mental health challenges, one of the other most common difficulties that inter-county players must face as amateur athletes is the search for sport life balance. As elite sports people, they give so much to Gaelic Games and to the fabric of Irish society. Playing is and always will be a big part of an athlete's identity and their day-to-day life but a consistent theme emerged over the course of our conversations this year on the player's voice. It's that playing can't be the full picture. More and more players are learning that having a better plan for their off-field career provides better opportunities for greater on-field performance. Next up, you'll hear from Clare's Camogie star, Chloe Mori. She spoke in great depth about how she needed to take a break from the inter-county game after representing her county for more than a decade. She knew she needed to find better balance in her adult life and to stop being so focused on Chloe Mori, the camogie player. After engaging with the GPA's Bio360 programme, she now runs Mori Movement with her cousin Shayna, who you heard from a little earlier in the podcast.
6: Maybe when I was younger, like, you know, everyone knew I loved sport, and maybe in my 20s it probably got a little bit harder because um, lots of girls were going on their J1s, they were going on holidays, they're going to social events. And it was my decision not to go. And I'm very much on the same wavelength as Shayna. Like, I don't think it's a sacrifice. I think you choose to play. And it's a choice you make at the start of the year. Is this going to be one of my top priorities? And if it's not, then you shouldn't be playing. And um, from there, like, you know, every year I was like, yeah, I want to play for Claire. I love the buzz of it. Um, I love trying to get the best out of myself. Um, I want to win. And in my 20s, probably just earlier on, you know, like Shayna, I was probably, you know, absolutely you know, madly driven about trying to win all of the time. Um, and from there, like, you're missing out on social events, but, like, a choice, but it is kind of hard. And you have to have really supportive friends and family to realise, you know, what in the name of God are you doing, Chloe? You know, especially when results aren't going your way, you know? Um, but, like, I'm I'm really lucky with the friends and family I have. It would probably accumulate, like, it, it kind of came to a, a head, you'd say... Then probably was a three, well, when I decided to take the break there a year or two ago because I, I didn't know why I was playing camogie um, at that point and I had, to, I had to have a reason why I was doing it because I found myself kind of just coasting along and I didn't like coasting, I, I, I don't coast. I, if I'm doing something, it's no stone unturned and that's been my mantra now for the last while and I had to take a break to figure out like what do I want to do with my life because camogie has taken up a lot of it and I'm so glad it's brought me so much joy and it's brought me so many things. My work ethic has come from it, my motivation, my drive, the things it has done for me in terms of even being part of the GPA. But also then on the flip side, like I'd be going home cross after training. I'd be going to train and cross. I'd be cross at training. Things weren't working out for me like they normally were. And I had to take a step back and realize, like, why am I actually doing what I'm doing? Um, and I kind of figured it out over the pandemic. Um, and I'm kind of happier. I, I've realized there has to be more of a balance. You know, like, whether that be with, like, teaching or setting up a business or other interests or giving time to other people. Um, There has to be balance. And as Shana said, if you enjoy, like, if you have a happy life, I suppose, camogie then will just kind of flow for you or vice versa.
0: Kate Keeney was called up to the Donegal Seniors at 15 years of age and then became a key leader in their successful senior teams. However, struggles with injuries and concussion made Kate realise that just like Chloe in our previous clip, she needed to look within herself to find better balance in her life. Participating in the GPA's flagship Madden Leadership Programme had a transformational impact on her personal journey, and she now works as a sports scientist with the USA's international soccer teams. Here is Kate describing how looking in the mirror and focusing on her own personal development helped her to new heights off the field.
2: It's probably at a point or stage in my sort of life career, I guess, that I needed to do something. Not that I needed, I wanted to do something to invest in myself outside of sport. Like I think, as I said, there is like for so long, like I felt defined by playing football. Um, and a lot of that was my opinion on myself. That wasn't from other people. That was just me. Um, So I wanted to invest in myself. I um, knew I was in like the area of what I wanted to work in, but I wasn't fulfilling my potential or it wasn't like exactly what I wanted. Um, Probably had lost a bit of confidence in myself, not going to lie. And it's something that I was just like, I really want to invest into myself. I want to put myself out of my comfort zone and do something that is really worthwhile and make a difference like something I probably wanted to do wanted to do but like I probably needed a push to do it and I felt that like it sounded like amazing and it was something that would really challenge me and open me up and meet people and just open my eyes to a whole different world I guess um So what it is? It's it's a lead it's a leadership um, program offered by the GPA to all current and past uh, GA hurling ladies football and Camogie members, Um, and it's a twelve month program. And essentially, like it's like it's a leadership program, but like it works on all different facets of leadership, communication skills. your areas of development, being a leader in the community. Uh, and But I would say like also with that, just really investing in yourself. That's what I would say to people, how it, it like puts you in uh, really challenging situations. You get to he- uh, hear and listen to unbelievable leaders in business, sports, uh, music um, across like, everything um you have um you have like a development day as well which essentially is like you have to do um four different sort of tasks that work on all different areas of your leadership skills and you find your areas of weakness and your areas of strength and you work with a development coach and it really hones it on in on them areas and how you want to progress but it literally it's kind of hard to like sum it all up because it, some, everything opens a different door to something else. Like Your eyes just become opened so much and I had the most amazing experience of it.
0: As well as engaging with personal development programmes in the search for better sport life balance, sometimes stuff happens in life that forces a change of perspective, be it injuries, maturity or career opportunities. One of the other big life events and transitions that players go through while trying to compete at the top level is becoming a parent. Both Kerry's Louise Galvin and Mayo's Lee Keegan talked to us about how that milestone changed things. When we recorded our episode with Louise, she had just begun maternity leave. She talked about how pregnancy challenges athletes both physically and mentally. It was the first time for as long as Louise could remember that she wasn't an active member of a team. Later this year, she was back on the Kerry panel that lost All-Ireland Final. However, she was able to share and enjoy that occasion by having her newborn son in the change rooms with her. One of the messages she wanted people to know was that having a child doesn't mean you have to step away from sport. Here she is in her own words.
7: This is the first time in my life I'm not actively part of a team. like I'm sitting in the club whatsapp and you're kind of like oh yeah i'll see you in a few months and it's it's very strange and it's it's been a bit of a difficult transition um and i think like it's you know one way it's obviously marvelous and i'm feeling eternally grateful to think in a few weeks to have um was starting our family and have a little baby and that's like that's very exciting but when you spend your whole life as an athlete it's a bit of a strange um i suppose thought that like I can't even run right now (laughs) um I literally walk the dog Uh, so um but again there's you know there's more and more research coming out about how you, you don't have to give up just as soon as you start having babies and there's lots of role models out there for that as well so um I certainly hope I'll be back on the field or a court or something soon um whether it's a girl or a boy um we don't really know I think it's important to even be that kind of mom that's like well just because you know my sporting life didn't have to end just because you have a, a kid if you have the right kind of support network and everything goes to plan you can get back out and, and train and play and that that can be that should be a norm if it's what you want rather than an exception
0: Lee Keegan has been one of the best players of his generation as well as talking about the frustration of appearing in but not winning any of a seven Ireland final appearances he told us how becoming a father helped to widen his perspective in both sport and
8: life. Have a listen. The kids kids don't care about leaking in the footballer. <laughs> they don't care if I won a game by twenty, got man of the match, or I got beaten by twenty and was the worst player on the pitch. They're just there. Um it's funny I got asked a couple of questions last year when we lost the Tyrone game. Um do you know, I wasn't I suppose I've even seen before crying after games and stuff like that, but then, you know, my daughter's on the pitch after the game and she just looked at me as if I was the same daddy before the game as if it was after the game and, and this after losing the game. And people said, y- Were you upset? And I said, Well, i was disappointed, but I have this in front of me. Uh, sure. Listen, li- life moves on. Like life doesn't stop because I'm after losing the big game. I have to get back to my day to day job or my, my family role at home. Uh, it just can't stop because I've lost the big game. Life keeps spinning around. Uh, and it, listen, I, I've, I've done the sulking and, and sadness over the years, losing big games, but. I suppose when you have kids they put a lot of perspective on your life of what's really important and what really drives your life and i like to think that you know because of that I, i'm probably a bit happier and why i'm playing my football i have a bit more of a purpose sometimes but again I, i've mentioned it's not my sole purpose uh, as a perspective of my life is about my kids my family providing make sure they're happy and healthy and when i know i have all those ticked off then i, I can leave the the front door with the keys and, and the gear bag you know and that I'm in a good place because I know I'm doing and doing as much as I can at home to provide and help, but also I can then give as much then back to my club or back to, to Mayo as well. So
0: we've talked a lot about the challenges that players face and overcome. The GPA's Bio 360 program gives players the opportunities and resources to broaden their perspective and expand their identity beyond sporting career. With the right help and support across those four key pillars of well-being, life skills dual career and transitions, players can find the right sport-life balance and stay playing the game that they love. Few people showcase that better than Antrim stalwart Neil McManus. Now 34 years of age, Neil has made more than 100 inter-county appearances for Antrim and often those games are away from the bright lights of Crow Park and from the business end of the Senior Hurling Championship. He opened up in the player's voice about his love for hurling and why he is still going strong after all these years. As Neil gets older, he has learned to embrace his leadership qualities to create a more fulfilling life on and off the field.
9: It's definitely the road less traveled. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that you play the GA. I think the best thing about the GA is you play for where you're from. You know, that's what it's all about. We're representing our communities. Uh, and then we're representing our county which is a a collection of our communities and you know there's a a connection that can't be got there you know if you explained to somebody what uh, an inter-county athlete does in preparation for their four or five big matches a year and they're not that doesn't you know impact them financially they would say you're absolutely mad what are you thinking using up so much of your time uh, towards a sport that is not, you know, benefiting you financially. But that, you know, that is nearly the, the beauty of it. That unexplainable uh, commitment to, to your to your sport, to your craft, to your community. That's, that, that, that's the beauty of the GA. As we start moving
0: towards the end of this episode, I think it's so important that we focus on and remember that the most common reason players compete at inter-county level is because they enjoy it. Each year, only one team can win each respective competition. But all over Ireland, participating in Gaelic games makes our players better, more rounded people. It's a lifestyle, and it enriches players' lives in so many ways when it's fostered and well nurtured. For our last clip from the Players' Voice in 2022, here is Limerick's four-time All-Ireland winner Dan Morrissey. During the episode, he discussed the role of sports psychology and the importance of belief and confidence. He also spoke about how grateful he is to be part of this golden generation of Limerick curlers.
4: I suppose just grateful that, I, that I'm involved in, in, in the panel. Um, like, so, look, so much different things could have happened. You could have chosen a, a different path. Uh, you mightn't have chosen hurling at all. Like, cho- uh, Just to be involved in these memories over the last few years and look, the memories you'll carry to your grave that you'll be able to look back on forevermore. Um. Like there's not one specific memory that, that jumps out at me. It's just a collection of of a load of different memories. Um, and look, the friends you've we've made um, are friends forever. And uh, yeah, it's just been it's just been a, an unreal few years. And please God, there's there's another few ahead of us still.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Players' Voice, where we look back on some of our best. And most important bits from the series in 2022 don't forget you can learn more about the gpa's bio 360 program and the four key pillars of well-being life skills transitions and dual career by going to www.bo360.gallocplayers.com before i go i also wanted to thank each and every person who joined us on the podcast this year and while i'm at it thank you to you our listeners We've loved sharing these life lessons and stories with you. And we'll definitely be back in the new year with new episodes from new voices from all over Ireland. If you have enjoyed this podcast or any of our previous episodes, may I ask that you just share this link to the podcast with your family and friends on WhatsApp or social media. We want the voices of our amazing players to reach as many people as possible. And we really, 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 really appreciate your help in doing that. My name is Alan O'Mara. And to find out more about my work as a performance and well-being consultant, you can go to www.realtalks.e or you can find me on Twitter or Instagram by searching AOMTheCat. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I can't wait to bring you more episodes of The Player's Voice in 2023. Chat soon.